Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. You shouldn't that weird. That's weird, man. It's strange. Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Shibuya roll call. My name is Alex. Clap, what clap. What the I fuck am- was that? Clap, clap. I am your counselor. Clap, clap. I don't. I got a podcast. So check me out. Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Shibuya roll call. Your turn. I don't know what the hell you're doing. It's Shibuya roll call. All right. I'm David Stokes. And I don't know what Shibuya <laughs> roll call is. Oh, I think it's like a camp thing. I don't know. I wasn't allowed to go to camp. Why? Because the night terrors. I have night terrors. I, I have real night terrors. I know. So no laughs from that side of the no, table. No, this is this became a fucking serious <laughs> podcast right now. I get up in the middle of the night. I don't know where I am. There's sometimes rodents in my bed. Wait, is... Are you talking about the dreamer in real life? I was about to say, (laughs) now I'm questioning it. No, sometimes I see like raccoons or or skunks or sometimes there's a guy standing in my closet. Mm. Sometimes. Sometimes sometimes, it's just Kyle. Sometimes I think my room's on fire. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like a, uh, just to explain like what my night terrors are, like um, I, I obviously I talk a little bit in my sleep, but yeah. but the night terror is basically when I wake up in the middle of the night, and it's kind of like it's like if somebody somebody were to wake you up out of a sleep and be like, "Hey, there's somebody in the house," and you just start like automatically reacting without thinking. Yeah. So I'm like I like run out of the room where I like I'll go and grab all the sheets off my bed and I'll like start walking out my door. Yeah. And I'm like, that's then, what uh, that's what I do when there's a fire. The first thing I try to save is the sheets. <laughs> You're not gonna find that linen anywhere. Well, yeah, it, it wouldn't be a good idea to like get in the shower with the sheets and then make like a nice wet blanket to run through the fire. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. So I guess you know. Sure. Go for it. Don't that's... do that. Actually, I shouldn't be. I. This is based off of nothing. Yeah. So don't. Don't do don't. that. If just get out of your house, if there's a fire. Don't. <laughs> don't run take to, that as advice. Don't run to the shower and hop in it. <laughs> if there's a fire in your house. But uh, what were you saying? I. I. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you weren't allowed to go to camp. Why were you not allowed to go to camp? Oh, I would just get very homesick as a child. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so cute. <laughs> Nothing funny there. Oh, that's and I a... had a real stabbing issue. I was... <laughs> I, I was so unlikable that all the kids at camp wanted to stab me, so exactly. they wouldn't let me go to camp. You thought it was one way, but it was the other. It's called victim blaming, you know? I yeah. was the one who's getting stabbed, so. Yeah, the kids would make uh, shivs out of the wood chips and... So they weren't very sharp. No. They just hurt. You get twisted in. Oh, yeah. You know what that is? What, when you just stab and twist? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> getting twisted in is like getting jumped into a gang. Oh. You get twisted in. Yeah, no. I watch a lot of Lock Up. Apparently. And Lock Down. Okay. And Lock to the Sides. So that, that's all three, right? The, all three of the shows they've got? There's yeah. three of them. Okay great television i mean what we have fucking eight shows that are in chicago yeah chicago veterinary a lot of cleveland ones too um a lot of like middle of nowhere like no no no. i'm talking about how there's like chicago fire chicago pd chicago hospital or some bullshit they're all connected like they do crossovers and stuff oh i thought you're talking about where the prisons were no 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 yeah yeah i think there's prisons everywhere there are but only they only let cameras into some of them but okay. th- I think the reason I watch them is because they make me feel better about my life. And I'm like, Phew, well, at least I'm not in prison. Yeah, that's true. Like, I have to watch them eat, like, the, this gross food, the grossest food ever. And then I'd be like, oof, I can go get a burrito now. The, so, f- the food? I mean, yeah, the food sucks, but that's the thing that 
about prison that's making you not want to go? <laughs> I mean, no. Okay. It's, uh, I think it's the constant threat of dying. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's what really gets me. The food's second. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yep. I, I don't think you'd last very long in prison. Um, if I was in prison, I would immediately do something to try to get in solitary confinement. Yep. Unless I had, like, a cool, um, like, what do you call Roommate? White Power Bill? Yeah, don't, yeah, White Power Bill. I would not want to be with White Power Bill. So, um, but, yeah, I, uh, I think I'd want to get in solitary. The, the only thing good about prison, I feel like, is that you'd catch up on a lot of reading. Yeah. Maybe finish my screenplay. <laughs> I feel like it might take a dark twist towards the end. Yeah, I'm only halfway through, but I mean, at least it's finished. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. You got anything else to talk about? You wanted? You, you said you. Uh, well, you, you know, we something. we've been doing a little news stories. I've got something a little different, a little fun, more festive for uh, what's going on this weekend. Ooh, David has a new story. Okay. Well, it's not so much a story, um, but. As I'm sure you're aware, and a lot of people are aware, that this weekend is the Super Bowl. Oh, that's festive. I think you're going to say something about Valentine's Day, but yes, oh, Super shit. Bowl. Super um, Bowl. Yeah, no, Super Bowl. And, <laughs> it's a uh, holiday? It kind of is. Bullshit. In a um, weird way. So, do you know what prop bets are? Prop bets? Yeah. Mm, proposition bets. I don't know. Like, uh, Is that like the coin toss bet? Yeah. It's like the weird bets that don't actually have to do with the game itself. It's oh. like... Oh, what color was Gatorade. hair? No, what, co- what color Gatorade is going to be poured on the winning coach? Yeah. Th- see, which I think yellow has the highest chance this year. Y- oh, this year? Yeah. Was, Why? I don't know. I just saw a listing of like what the odds were, and I think yellow is at the top. You think that's based off of like what the teams usually drink? Probably. Um, because my thing is, I mean, that's more of my, my wheelhouse is those kind of bets because I don't know enough about – I used to be – more into sports but now yeah. I, like i learned sports from playing sports video games like obviously i played baseball like all my life and yeah. some football and stuff but like i didn't know any of the players so i learned that all from yeah. playing video games and now i don't play sports video games anymore so i i'm all about the coin toss there's one story i'm sorry i'm interrupting you but okay. there was one story about that guy who put like five thousand dollars on whether the ball would get turned over on the first kickoff or something like that i think it was um if the first points were defensive or something like that no do you remember like e- no i think it was i could like, have sworn it was a safety and the guy won yeah, like a buttload that's of money. what it was that's what yeah. it was it was a safety on kickoff or something like that is it i thought it was kickoff or first play of the game i think it's his first play of the game first play of the game was a, uh, yeah i think peyton manning got sacked into the yeah, end zone that's what it was yeah. and and the guy won like 50 grand or something like that yeah and the other thing was he did that bet like eight years prior and won 50 grand that time too so apparently every year he puts five thousand dollars on the safety for the first play like i said don't listen to me don't go yeah. do this thing i mean shit if i won fifty thousand dollars on something like that i would just like Put aside five thousand dollars to bet on it. It's again your the prop next time. bet fund. It's your prop yeah, bet exactly, fund. Okay. exactly. So yeah, I, I made a short list of some of the weird ones I found that I thought were kind of funny. Oh, okay. Are we allowed to talk about where you can bet on these? Is it legal to bet on these? I don't know. I'm not a sports better. Um, that would be one for our last guest because this would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. David Ledwith would have been a good one, but yeah, it's got a guy in Argentina or something like that. <laughs> David just probably funneling his money to some guy in Argentina, and he's he hasn't won anything yet. Yeah. He's like, I win, but I don't get the money, so yeah. I just keep giving him more money. It's building up somewhere. He says it's stuck in customs. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I want to hear these. Okay, so uh, one of them was there's a bet that um, the CBS announcer Jim Mance 
will open the broadcast with hello friends that'll be the first <laughs> two words he says is hello friends i don't even know who jim Mentz is does yeah. he always do the super bowls um i think i think he's just a cbs guy i'm not entirely sure i yeah. usually am blacked out before kickoff so i don't know who the <laughs> announcers are um hello friends yeah that's a pretty i don't know it's uh, no i'm just joking about the whole blackout thing kind of but um <laughs> you never hear them because it's like i don't know if i've ever just like sat down by myself and watched the super bowl like you're in a room with a bunch of people like i feel like i never hear what they say you miss the first two minutes because everyone's just talking they're like okay come sit down no that's my yeah. seat no you know you're exactly. doing that constantly um so then uh another one was how many times will the broadcast mention how young the rams head coach sean mcveigh is because oh. he's the youngest coach to ever coach in the Super Bowl. Okay. And then also Bill Belichick is the oldest coach to ever coach in a Super Bowl. So that's kind of cool that the youngest oh, and the wow. oldest ever are going against each other. That's right really now. cool, actually. Yeah. It's kind of like passing the torch a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. Who, uh, who do you want to win? Rams. Okay, I, I want well, the Rams, Rams to win, too. I mean, we're in L.A., but... Yeah. Um, It'd be awesome to be in L.A. when they win, if if they win. I'm going to that parade. Yeah. Patriots are good though. I don't. I don't really have anything against Patriots. They're just kind of like the Yankees, where you don't you don't like them because they're they're always winning. Yeah, and yep. then you're like you're cheating, which they did get caught cheating actually. But yeah, a couple times. Hey, yes. Um, if you get away with it, then I'll, more power to you. You know, I guess. Um, so then another one was how many tweets will President Donald Trump make during the game? Oh, okay. So that's like a numbered one. Um, because I have a feeling like the Patriots would go to the White House, but the oh, did they go last year? When they won? Did did they win last year? No. Eagles won last year. Okay, but they won like two years ago then. Two years ago against did, the Falcons. And he wasn't president then? No. Okay. So th- I wonder if they would go. Because I feel like the Rams wouldn't go because they're a California team. Well, after what he did with the, the, um, the college football champions... I don't know if I would go. Oh, Clemson, where they just had to eat a bunch of Big Macs and Snicker bars. Yeah, basically. God, that would be such a disappointment to go to like the White House just to get <laughs> diarrhea. Like, yeah. God damn it. I could have stayed home and gave myself diarrhea. Yeah, just terrible lettuce. God, so bad. I, 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 do you think he did that for like the, the funny press of it or like the, the interesting press? Because he could have easily hired a private caterer, Yeah, correct? No, his whole thing was like, I went out and I used my own money to pay for this. Yeah, I think it would have been cheaper to get a private caterer. I think it was Probably. just more like for like the image of being like, or he's sponsored by him. These or are some a bunch shit. of yeah. <laughs> I have money in McDonald's. I bet McDonald's was hyped when they saw that. Well, he had some like Wendy's burgers there. And, oh like, yeah, there. I think he had like Taco Bell. He had the whole buffet. It looked like the it looked like the the table uh, uh, in Talladega Nights when they're like yeah. they're praying to baby Jesus and it's yes. just like Gatorade, Taco Bell, KFC. Yeah. It's just like I mean. Honestly, you look at that and you're like, fuck yeah, that would be such like a fun drunk slash high dinner. Oh, yeah. But it's a college dinner right but there. But this is like you're going to the White House and I just yeah. be like, fuck, man. I wanted Golden like plates fil- and Big Macs. Yeah, I wanted like filet mignon. <laughs> like this is supposed to be like a really cool dinner. And yeah. I, I don't think they cared. It's kind of funny and they made like history a little bit, I guess. But yeah, I mean, they get to be like, oh, yeah. I got to eat a Big Mac with the Don. With, with the Don. <laughs> <With the> Don. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one is this one is in every year, which is uh, which brand will start the Super Bowl off with the first commercial? Last year it was a real random one, and it was California Avocados. Really? I think – I know it was an avocado company. I'm not sure if – I think it was California Avocados or some shit. Be- but Because that first commercial probably cost the most – 
Most more, more people are paying attention to the first commercial because they're just like, okay, here we go, guys. Like everyone's quiet during the first commercial. I would say maybe the second one, honestly, because then people are like, uh, oh shit, the commercial started, and then they start paying attention. Yeah, avocado but, roll around the corner. People, but people wait for like this. The they wait yeah. for the. I think the start of the commercials is bigger than the start of the game. Yeah, like yeah. So I don't know. No, for sure. Interesting. This one was one of my favorite. The last three are really good. So this one is there's a bet which either you can you can bet on who, but it's uh, if either Adam Levine am I saying that right? Levine, Levine, I Levine. Think. Yeah. If Adam Levine or Travis Scott, both of the halftime performers, <laughs> if they end up shirtless at one point. <laughs> and then there obviously there's along with the, the betting of the color of the shirt itself. But yeah, so there's there's a bet to see if, you know, Travis Scott takes his shirt off. Hmm. I, I feel like that's a that's a thing he would do. Oh yeah. But also, I don't know. That's a that is a good bet. Yeah. Because I feel like he would be the one to do that. But he's also this is a really big. He's nervous. Big stage. He's nervous. He's not like. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't care how confident you are. It's the Super Bowl. It's the most watched thing on the on the planet. As long as you don't let a titty hang out, I don't think people get too upset. It wasn't full titty. Janet was? did not show full titty. Oh, yeah, it was nipple. Is not full. No, there, she had a star over. It was a ring. It was a it piercing. Was a star. Yeah, no, it was a star wasn't. piercing. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Look it up. Guarantee it. <sighs> Janet Jackson boob. You're going to make me Google this for the yeah. fifth time today? You got to look at the HD, the giant pixels. It was. What is that? What is that? It was like a sun piercing, and the nipple went through the middle of it. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a pasty or anything. No, it was like a sun around the nipple or yeah. something. What the fuck? Told you. This was planned? I know my nipples. Who did this? Justin. I'm, it was all Justin. Th- they must have planned that like just them secretly or something. That's so weird to me. Justin bought her the ring and was like, hey, baby, we should show this to the world. <laughs> anyway, let's keep let's keep <laughs> moving with these uh, weird bets. Where is Janet? Um, So another one, which I really hope happens. Um, So there's a bet on whether or whether or not... Um, there will be a SpongeBob tribute at halftime. Oh, because... for the late creator, because they did that. They had that huge halftime show song. Yeah, do, 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 do. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I had it. Fuck, what would they How call the it? How the fuck does that song go? Yeah, I don't remember. But so every after the creator passed away, everybody was like, they should do that song at halftime. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently the the guy who does the voice of Squidward is going to be a part of, like, the opening ceremony for some Wait, reason. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe he's like, and a one, and a two. Hopefully. I'm trying to, like, remember the song now. I bet everybody's going crazy. I mean, you yeah. probably find it on Spotify, so if you're listening in your car, pause it, play the song, enjoy yep. it. It's something about victory. Yeah, Sweet, 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 sweet victory. Sweet, sweet victory. That's what it is. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's a good one. And then uh, last but not least, which I still think this is a bullshit one I found on a bad article. Um, will Billy McFarlane be caught? <laughs> <laughs> will Billy McFarlane be caught in connection to selling counterfeit tickets to the Super Bowl? For the listeners who do not know who Billy McFarlane in, uh, Farland is, he was the mastermind behind the fire um, festival. Festival, the thing that was a huge disaster, and, and yeah, there's a hundred documentaries that came out at once about it yeah i watched both of them i watched uh which was better i watched the hulu one and i watched the netflix one honestly the hulu one is funnier and like the reason i 
clicked it. I wasn't going to click it at all, but the reason I clicked it is said a comedy documentary. And I was like, this is a comedy documentary? I'm like, bullshit. I just watched the Netflix one, and it was like heartbreaking at some points. Yeah. And just really like intense. And they, Hulu did make it more comical. I think the Hulu one's more fun. Yeah. Um, and then like the Netflix one, watch by yourself. I mean, you watch with anybody, but it's like more of like a somber one. And it's the, more of a jump scare one. The, no, watching and, the dark. And the Hulu one is more of like a you could watch with some friends, and it's like fun. they make like funny comparisons, and they're like they'll be like, oh, yeah. this totally reminded me of like they're like Billy and Grant. Like Grant was like Dwight from The Office, and Michael Scott was like Billy, where like Grant was just tattling and being like Michael, and like just doing that kind of yeah. stuff. So they had like funny compar- and they showed clips from like different TV shows, but it was yeah. good overall. Both yeah, very the, good. The other night, um, Riley. Um, one of our previous guests, she had her cousin in town and, uh, her boyfriend and we went to the blind barber, the bar. Yeah. And, uh, we like walk in and we just walked in straight into a viewing party of the Netflix one and like the whole crew was there and stuff and like watching it and we're just like awkwardly there and they're like playing on a huge screen. Really? And like Riley's cousin like tried to find the bathroom or something and like someone thought that she was leaving and the guy was like, why are you leaving? Like I put my heart into this documentary. Oh my God. What the and fuck? she's like, I'm just looking for the bathroom. <laughs> we ended up leaving because it was just, like really awkward. Like I'm sure that's really cool for the people that worked on it, but like we were just trying to get drinks and like, you know, no music and just like listening to the documentary and like. I was going to say, you can't even talk over, like, that movie, especially yeah. every single person in that bar worked on it. They're all, like, quiet as a mouse, and you're like, yeah. can I get a Jack and Coke? Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up! <laughs> but, wow. That's, uh, that's funny. I did not think that place isn't that big. I wouldn't think they would have a viewing party there. It's not that big. That's why I was extra, extra awkward. Was that for the Netflix one or the Hulu one? Pretty sure that's a Netflix one. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, um, I will be putting all my money on donald trump throwing out the first pitch yeah imagine if they just what if had he like split his pants <laughs> <laughs> you know what i want them to do i want them to do a new tradition where they have donald trump come down on the field and they're like we're doing uh assisted it's like the first pitch but it's kickoff because that's yeah, the first the time the president has to return the first kickoff no he doesn't return he kicks it but when he goes to kick it they pull the old charlie brown ah, and they pull the yeah. ball away and he'll fly like five feet up in the air onto his back and then be like good grief Good. Could be like hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I still think he should be returning the first kickoff. That would be. Oh, oh my god! Honestly, he he catches the ball. He goes uh-huh. to start return. The whole uh, the whole line is all his security guards. <laughs> so it's professional football players against professional bodyguards. Yeah. That yeah. would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder how they'd stack it's up. It's literally taking like, a bullet. Their job, yeah, their job is to protect him and see, like, yeah. let's see if you could protect him yeah johnny knoxville tried to return a kick at a tennessee practice oh, maybe texas fuck. did you ever see that it was like in the old jackass and he just he got rocked i mean i feel like every scene johnny knoxville's in he's getting rocked so yeah. i mean it I was bad nothing less he's a good sport <laughs> yeah but wow yeah i'm definitely gonna be watching it and uh i'll see if i can get my my little amount of money on uh on one of those weird bets i'll go yellow i'm feeling blue gatorade though I mean, blue's a safe bet because both teams have blue in their, uh, their colors. Oh, and it's, and it's the best flavor, so. Yeah. Maybe. Fight me. I don't know. Fight I, I like me. that cucumber one. They, they do not. They do they not. They do. Fight. I like the light purple one. Anyway, let's not get into this. This is, uh, this what, is a Gatorade hey guys, podcast. DM us. Jesus Christ. What's your favorite Gatorade? Maybe we should just do a, a single Gatorade episode. <laughs> 
make some money. But that will be for next time. This time we're about to get into some weird, strange stories. Oh my god, I didn't even say this is Camp Strange, but it is. Yeah, if you didn't know by now, you should be able to read. Now you know. So let's get into these stories. So today I will be telling you the story of the little-known outlaw, not the legendary outlaw, Elmer McCurdy. Elmer Fudd? Seems just as dumb, honestly. (laughs) So Elmer McCurdy was born in Washington, Maine on January 1st, 1880 to a 17-year-old Sadie McCurdy who was unmarried at the time of his birth. Now, the identity of McCurdy's father is unknown, uh, but some believe that it was Sadie's cousin, Charles Smith. um, They think he could be the culprit, which is... uh, What's with you in incest? What do you mean? Is that considered incest? Cousins? Um, It depends. I mean, first cousins, yes, I believe. Okay. But, I mean, what do you mean mean incest? Who's the judge? What do you mean mean incest? You did that story the other day about the cannibals in the cave that were banging each other and... I just, you know, I, I come across... You this, love bumping cousins. That was a big part of the story. This is a small part of the story, but right. it might explain, you know, why the guy just wasn't that smart. So, in order to save Sadie the embarrassment and shame of raising an illegitimate child, her brother George and his wife Helen adopted Elmer. Uh, after George died of tuberculosis, though, in 1890, Sadie and Helen moved with Elmer to Bangor, Maine. Actually, know where Bangor, Maine is. Where is it? It's in Maine. Okay, I'll it's, buy it. It's on the it's on the eastern part of Maine, or like southeast, I think. I could be wrong. Fuck. But I took a <laughs> took a class and took a, of, you took a class about Maine <laughs> about Bangor, Maine. Um, but yeah, he got TB, which I feel like everybody got TB back then. Yeah, they so did. Um, Sadie eventually told her son that she, not Helen, was his mother, and that she was unsure of who his biological father was. Uh, This news made teenage McCurdy become unruly and rebellious, and he began his lifelong relationship with abusing alcohol. See, I mean, (laughs) fun time. That's the thing. In 1890, is it, like, really abusing alcohol? Because I feel like everybody was constantly drunk. Yeah. Like... That's how America was built, goddammit. <laughs> exactly. And the Prohibition really, you know, we started falling apart, and then they, they uh, lifted that, and now... How else do you think we got one-way roads? We don't have one-way roads. Streets. Roads. What are you talking about? We have two-way roads. Yeah, and then we got one-ways. Oh, that's how we, that's how we got one-way roads. Yeah, because we're drunk as shit all the time. <laughs> the only safe way to do is if everybody's going the same way. <laughs> So, McCurdy eventually went to live with his grandfather and become an apprentice plumber. Because when you're mad at your parents, you go and you move in with old grandpapa. Uh, He reportedly was a pretty good worker and lived comfortably until the economic downturn in 1898. Wait, was his grandpa or his great uncle? No, he's with his grandfather now. Why, why? Oh, because he's incestual? (laughs) (laughs) He's, He's a little lumpy head baby. Yeah. So, um, but in this downturn, McCurdy actually lost his job and his mother died of a ruptured ulcer. I didn't mean to laugh during that. It's actually really sad because he lost his job. His mother died of a ruptured ulcer and his grandfather also died of Bright's disease. What's that? All in just a few months. I don't know what Bright's, I meant to look that up. can't add that shit in and I'll look it up. (laughs) Wait. Talk while I look it up really quick. No, oh, now, now oh, I'm thinking it. about it. I feel like there's a part in my story that I didn't look up and I forgot. To. Well, I, I was at work doing a little research and yeah. I was like, oh, I definitely have to look that up. And I working forgot. while working. 
What? Working while working. Exactly. So it's called my side hustle. But uh, Bright's disease is a disease involving chronic inflammation of the kidneys. So he had big old kidneys. Ouch. So he died as well. Um, Doesn't seem like it was that out of hand because he's a grandfather and it's also the 1890s he's probably like 60 and he died it's probably not a lot of good health in this family yeah she had a baby 17 and like i don't know there's nothing wrong with that but it's more he's a teenager now so she's probably like 30 33 35 and she's like dying of ulcers and you're just like what oh yeah i guess so Anyway, uh, shortly after his uh, his grandfather's death, McCurdy left Maine and began drifting around the eastern United States where he worked as a lead miner and plumber. He was unable to hold a job for an extended period of time due to his alcoholism, so he moved constantly from city to city, finding odd jobs in his trade. It's really hard to keep a job when they could smell it on your breath, and you're also hitting a nail directly into your hand yeah. and not feeling a thing. Yeah, that's not a good sign. They're like... Elmer. See, unbreakable. Elmer, what are you doing over there? He's like, my blood's moving so fast because it's got so much alcohol. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you shouldn't be looking at your blood. It should be in your body, Elmer. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. It's evaporating right I'm, out of me. I'm part of the structure now. Just, just put me in the walls. My hand's already a part of the wood. Just bottle me up and put me on the shelf. I like how he's a plumber. I'm like, he's nailing stuff. It's like that's not how that works. I'm but. sure there's some nailing to be done in plumbing. Maybe. Maybe in the videos you watch. hey <laughs> So, in 1907, McCurdy joined the United States Army as a machine gun operator and was trained to use nitroglycerin. Oh. Close. <laughs> nitroglycerin. That's Not a, close at all. You got to trust the people you put that in the hands of. Yeah, he, so he, he, he was given nitroglycerin uh, to use for demolition purposes. Um, after ble- being honorably discharged for reasons I can't seem to find, hmm. which seems like they, the guy who's handing out the nitro is like not a great judge of character because He's eating the nitro, I could see them like giving him the nitroglycerin and him like fucking up. And then he's still holding it. And they're like, Hey, uh, you're dishonorably discharged. And he's like, what? And they're like, you're honorably discharged. Cause he's still like holding all that nitro yeah. and they're like, just fucking get him to put down the nitro. <laughs> Tell him what he wants to hear. So We got some nails over here and a hammer. <laughs> so, you want to put that down, bud? Come on over here. I is a plumber. <laughs> so, so he took his newfound trade of knowing how to handle nitroglycerin and put it to, get, and put it to good use um, with one of his old army buds by turning to burglary. Now, I know what you're saying. A lot of our modern-day burglars don't necessarily turn to nitroglycerin. Other way around? As a, uh, what are you talking about? Never mind. Nitroglycerin turns to burglary? I mean, What's... that's how he started, right? Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't think the nitro is the thing that made him become a burglar. No? I think it was a rampant alcoholism and incestual brain. That could be part of it. So, on November 19th, though, McCurdy and his friend were arrested for possessing burglary paraphernalia, which included a chisel, a hacksaw, funnels of nitroglycerin, and gunpowder, and money sacks, which is great. Because I'm just picturing a burlap sack or like a nice sack with like a giant dollar sign oh, on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's, what's the difference between like a sack and a money sack? Yeah. I don't know. The money sign. He probably just threw all of that shit into the money sack and was like swinging it around. Exactly. Gunpowder like, next to the nitroglycerin and a bunch of sharp tools. I feel like the cops were assuming. They're like, oh, okay, you got all this shit and a bag. What's that for? Yeah. That's a money sack. 
He's like, actually, that's my nitro sack. I just don't put it in there because I'm negligent. Yeah. It should be well protected. So he had all this stuff, and um, he got arrested. Uh, both of them did. And during their arraignment, though, uh, McCurdy and his friend told the judge the tools were not intended for burglary purposes, but were tools they needed to work on a foot-operated machine gun they were inventing. <laughs> That's yeah. that's a very good. It's going to be installed in every household vehicle, every car. You got the gas, <laughs> you got the brake, and you've got the machine gun. You got the clutch right there. Yeah. You got the 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 foot pedal machine gun. Yep. So it, it's. I still think that's a really good excuse because, like I, I wrote here, since no one knows how the fuck you even begin to build a large foot powered machine gun, he was able to trick the jury as they found McCurdy not guilty. I mean, it would probably be great for, like, fighter jets. Yeah, but, like, I, I'm still picturing it like like something. I'm not sure that, what you need nitroglycerin for a machine gun, but yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, I need to, I don't know. I Yeah. God damn it, people were fucking dumb on juries. Well, sometimes. everybody was all drunk, so sound good to them. True. <laughs> sound good to him, so True. sound good to them. True that. So after his release from county jail, McCurdy, uh, McCurdy's short-lived career as a bank, bank and train robber began. So that was like, hey, let's rob banks. And before they could even rob a bank, they got caught. Yeah. And then they're like, wow, that was a close one. And they're like, now let's go rob banks. I was going to say, they could have like just ended it and not been considered bank robbers. You would think that would be the case. (laughs) But if that were the case, I wouldn't be telling you this story right now. Yeah, probably not. So uh, McCurdy decided to incorporate his training with nitroglycerin into his robberies. They often caused problems as he was overzealous and failed to correctly determine the proper amount to use. Uh, By March of 1911, McCurdy had again relocated to Lenepa, Oklahoma, and uh, three other men decided to rob uh, him and three other men decided to rob the Iron Mountain, Missouri Pacific train after McCurdy McCurdy uh, heard that one of the cars contained a safe with four thousand dollars. Ooh, that's a lot of money for them. That is a lot. I mean, I don't know what that that inflates to, but yeah. I, I mean, it's more than they had. When I play Red Dead Redemption, I'm very happy when I get a six dollar uh, <laughs> yeah. robbery. So it, it had to be, you know. In, in, the, in the tens of thousands. Yeah. So, um, so there's a safe on the train with $4,000. Him and three other guys, let's go get it. Uh, they successfully stopped the train and located the safe. McCurdy then put nitroglycerin on the safe's door to open it, but he used too much. The safe was destroyed in the blast, <laughs> as, as oh, was the majority man. of the money. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So McCurdy and his partner managed to get... How much do you think they got out of that? A hundred bucks. Four hundred and fifty in silver coins, which of most uh, were were flying. melted and fused to the safe's frame. Jesus. I was gonna say, wouldn't that just send that shit flying everywhere, like bolt, like shrapnel? Most of them were probably the ones that weren't melted to the safe were probably shoved into the the wooden ceiling of the train car. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, I mean. Hey, that was his first one. Not bad for the first one. Got a little four hundred fifty dollars. That's yeah, still you, a good. Uh, you burn what? What is that? That's probably six, three thousand six hundred dollars. I was about to say that's probably four thousand dollars. You know that four hundred fifty. So I mean, yeah, honestly, you know, not not a not a bad haul, but uh, I mean, not a great haul split between four other guys though. Yeah, they got a thousand bucks. Um, in September of nineteen eleven, McCurdy and two other men robbed the Citizen Bank in. Uh, 
Chattaqua, Kansas. And after spending two hours breaking through the bank wall with a hammer, McCurdy placed a nitroglycerin charge. Somebody got to get this nitroglycerin out of his fucking hands. Yeah. Because I'm surprised he still has hands. They're just like, hey, hey, uh, McCurdy, do you think you should be holding nitroglycerin? He's like, I was in the army, okay? <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. I built a foot-powered machine gun. Yeah. I think I'm good. So McCurdy um, placed a charge around the door of the bank's uh, outer vault. I guess there was like two vaults. Okay. Because the blast blew the vault door through the bank, destroying the interior, but not but did not damage the safe inside the vault. Okay, so it's probably the you know the big metal bars that you have to get through to get into the safe oh, area, okay. and then you can open that big safe. And there's a little like personal boxes. Yeah, they probably got like multiple safes, you know, multiple yeah. Uh, walls. Yeah, because I mean, it sounds like nitroglycerin was in abundance, so uh, yeah, they had to be ready. Um, so McCurdy then tried to blow the safe's door open with nitroglycerin, but the charged failed. The charge failed to ignite. Uh, after the lookout man got scared and ran off, McCurdy and his accomplice stole about how much season they got in this one. Did you say how much was in it to begin with? No, it didn't say. But I got away with like <laughs> two hundred bucks. <laughs> it was one hundred and fifty in coins. <sighs> Uh, that were Going in, for the coins, huh? But they were in a tray outside the safe, and then they fled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just got a bad lookout. So uh, I wouldn't stay either. It's like, you just fucking blew a safe door through a bank, and now it's in a wall. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm out of here. You just guys just made so much noise. So uh, later that night, the men hopped a train, which that took them to Kansas, uh, to the Kansas border, and they split up, and McCurdy made his way to the ranch of an old friend, where for the next couple of weeks... He drank heavily, going back to what he knows, yeah. and probably pretty depressed because uh, he kind of put his life on the line twice and uh, only has about, I want to say, him personally, uh, 2000? Fi- 15, yeah, two, 2000 to show for it. 1,500, 2,000? Not great. Yeah. Uh, I bet the nitro costs more than that. Yeah. So uh, McCurdy's final robbery took place on October 4th, 1911, near Okessa, Oklahoma. McCurdy and two accomplices planned to rob a Katy train after hearing that it contained 400000 in cash. Damn. That's a lot. I feel like if you're dealing with paper money, though, like maybe stop blowing shit up. Huh? You would think. What you would think, think huh? you'd turn to a more delicate hand of uh, maybe trying to get a guy on the team who can crack saves. Yeah. But, like, did they have stethoscopes back then? Place, yeah, like, probably. the stethoscope against the safe and... Uh, they did. Yeah, you know. Do you know how Jack Daniels died, by the way? Like, the distiller? The guy of, the, of whiskey fame? Yeah. He, he couldn't open his safe, so he got mad, and he kicked it, and he broke his, like, big toe and got an infection in it and died. Fuck yeah. Did you know that? No. It's crazy. He should have dipped his toe in his nasty-ass whiskey. <laughs> Some people like it. It's. I mean, I used to like it until I got it ruined for me. But hmm. anyway. Toby drink too much? Yeah. Did Toby drink too much Jackie D? I got drank too much and I nailed my hand <laughs> to, a, to a skyscraper. You nailed it to a moving train. <laughs> I have money in it, though. <laughs> so, um, however, McCurdy and the men mistakenly stopped a passenger train instead oh yeah so they got the wrong train or the wrong box Shit. i, I mean know. back then if you're riding a train just grab their jewelry they've got to have some well that's what i was gonna say the men were able to steal only oh my god guess how many they got on this uh 50 bucks 
$46. I'm getting closer every time. Yeah, you are. So the Venerable will steal $46 from the mail clerk, but they also got two bottles of whiskey. hey And you know, you know, Elmer's fucking That didn't like, last long. He's fucking loving that. So uh, you got two bottles of whiskey. Oh, an automatic revolver, a coat, and the train conductor's watch. I really wanted them to be like the train conductor's hat. Yeah. Just to, like, add insult to injury. His fedora. They're, like, running into town. They're like, we know one of you robbed that train. And the guy's like, I never did shit. And he's, like, wearing a train conductor hat that's yeah. all striped. <laughs> and they're like, mm, I don't know about that, Paul. So um, a newspaper account of the robbery later called it one of the smallest in the history of train robbery. <laughs> so he's, like, super depressed at this point. He's just like... I feel like you'd have oh. to, like, write that just to embarrass them. You have... Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a slam piece. It's yeah. the Esquire of today. Yeah. Or the Inquirer, that's what I meant to say. Okay. Inquirer, where it's just like is Queen Elizabeth a a alien bitch? Or something's like, oh okay. A cannibal maybe? Maybe a cannibal. Maybe that's why I say Queen Elizabeth. No. Yeah. I called her an alien bitch. <laughs> 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 I know what to say. So, you, you alien bitch. You alien bitch. <laughs> With your eight nipples. <laughs> Is Queen Elizabeth an alien bitch? Put that on a newspaper. You're going to see it the next I, day. We're not going to get any gar- credit for it. I guarantee you that'll sell three copies. At least. At least, yeah. So McCurdy was obviously disappointed by the haul and returned to the very same ranch, uh, his, his buddy's ranch, on October 6th, where he began drinking the bottles of whiskey he stole. So he... He went right back to what he knew, which was alcoholism. Um, by this time, he was also ill with uh, tuberculosis. Like I said, everybody, I forgot about that. Everybody, no, that was his dad. That was his fake, grandpa. His, no, oh, okay, no, grandpa's Bright's disease. That's Mom right. was el- ulcers, and his fake dad was uh, tuberculosis. The one who he thought was his dad growing up. Yeah. So that guy died of uh, TB. Yeah. Uh, but he got it while he was working in the mines, apparently, and he also had a mild case of pneumonia. Uh, he stayed up drinking with some of the ranch hands before going to sleep in the hay loft uh the following morning unbeknownst to mccurdy though he had been implicated in the robbery and a two thousand dollar reward for his capture was issued that's more than he made exactly they're just like (laughs) hey he's like i'll pay you guys if you don't take me in like what do you have and he's like i have a nickel and this yo-yo and i I don't have i stole this train conductor's hat (laughs) it's in real good condition Oh, wait, no, I threw up in that last night. Fuck. <laughs> um, so in the early morning hours of October 7th, the next day, a posse of three sheriffs, brothers Rob okay, Rob Fenton, and his brother's name was Stringer Fenton. Stringer? Stringer. And also Dick Wallace. <laughs> Dick Wallace was there, too. So those three, the three sheriffs were there um, to track Murdy to the hay shed using bloodhounds. Hell yeah. We talk about bloodhounds. Yeah, did we ever figure out that if there is an original name for a bloodhound before they called them bloodhounds? No, we did not. I'm not going to Google it. Okay. <laughs> Save it for next episode. <laughs> Fuck it. So, so yeah, bloodhounds were like the the original DNA test. They're yep. just like, how do we catch a bad guy? The dog's barking. He must be guilty. Exactly. So they surrounded the hay shed and waited for daylight. Um, in an interview featured in 
in the October 8, 1911 edition of the Daily Examiner, Sheriff Bob Fenton recalled, they didn't give it to St- Stringer. No. Stringer wasn't much of a talker. He was know? more of a hangman. Yeah, exactly. So um, so Bob Fenton said, it began... Oh, I'm going to do a little voice for this one. because be uh, <clears throat> It began just about 7 o'clock. We were standing around waiting for him to come out when he first when the first shot was fired at me. It missed me, and he then turned his attention to my brother, Stringer Fenton. He shot three times at Stringer, and when my brother got under cover, he turned his attention to Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said Dick Wallace, but I, yeah. prefer, I prefer to say Dick. So, so <laughs> go so. heavy into that Dick. <laughs> so. He kept shooting at all of us for an hour. We fired back every time we could. We do not know who killed him. We found one of the jugs of whiskey, which was taken from the train on the trail. So while he was uh, while he was drinking from the train to the ranch, the whole I guess jug. he ditched a whole bottle of whiskey because it was fucking. He killed it. So it was about empty. He was pretty drunk when we rode up to the ranch when he rode up to the ranch last night. Um, he always goes for dick when he's drunk. <laughs> well, that's after he Bob and Stringer. Yeah. Dick's always third option. Yeah. So McCurdy was killed by a single gunshot wound to the chest, which he sustained while lying down. I don't know what they meant by lying down, but I'm guessing that he was like in a position where he was probably trying to get prone on the floor. He's probably like the little army, little green army men, you know, exactly belly down. Well, I was thinking maybe uh, maybe he was more of like a side shooter where he's he's laying on his side because it hit him in the chest. Because if your chest down, it's you really only have like your shoulders that can get hit unless he's like up on his elbows. But who knows? Maybe he was. He uh, all we know is that he was uh, drunk as a skunk. Yep. So uh, McCurdy's body was subsequently taken to the Johnson Funeral Home where it went unclaimed. This is where it gets really weird, and this is why I didn't just do like an outlaw story. Yeah. This is where it gets really weird. So Joseph L. Johnson, the owner and undertaker, embalmed the body with an arsenic-based preservative, which was typically used in embalming in the era to preserve a body for a long period when no next of kin were known. Um, he then shaved his face, dressed, it, dressed him in a suit, and stored him in the back of the funeral home. As McCurdy laid unclaimed, Johnson refused to bury or release the body until he was paid for his services. Johnson then decided to exhibit McCurdy to make money. So he put the bot. He wasn't getting paid for embalming the body. So yeah. he's like, "Fuck this! No one's claiming this body. No one's gonna come pay me to take this body. Sheriffs don't give a shit. And I just did all this work. I'm just gonna like prop him up and pay people to see him." Yeah. So what he did, he dressed the corpse in street clothes, placed a rifle in his hands, and stood it and stood him up in the corner of the in the corner of the funeral home. For a nickel, Johnson allowed visitors to see the bandit who wouldn't give up. At various times, McCurdy would also be called the mystery man of many aliases, the Oklahoma outlaw, and the embalmed bandit. I like that one the best. Think he's banging him? The, that is your first question. <laughs> You think he's banging him? He's banging that dead body? Maybe. <laughs> For a nickel. <laughs> so um, the bandit became a popular attraction at the funeral home and attracted the attention of carnival promoters uh, all over. Uh, Johnson received numerous offers to sell McCurdy's mummified body, but he refused. 
This is where it gets even weirder. Five years later, two men, Aver and Wayne, as they were known, showed up claiming to be McCurdy's brother. Unable to refuse them, Johnson handed the body over. The men were actually James and Charles Patterson, though. James Patterson was the owner of the Great Patterson Carnival Shows, a traveling carnival. Uh, so he just fucking... He's like, Finessed him. Yeah, he's like, you don't want my offer? I'll give you money. He's like, okay, I'm his brother. And yeah. There's no way to prove anything. So he's like, fuck, I guess I got to give you him. So yeah. they're planning on shipping him to like uh, San Francisco, but then they just like switched the train and they're like, okay, yeah. So they thought the the funeral guy thought the body went to San Francisco, but they just put him a different train. He went to like yeah. Oklahoma instead or something like that. Just like the Gowrow. Just got lost in the mail. He got lost in the mail. Oh, he did get lost in the mail. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's like episode Six. Uh, Gowrow. That might have been. Gowrow. What episode was that? Yeah, Who cares? Yeah, it I feel like matter. that was like 12. Just fuck the Postal Service, man. That's yep. all I'm saying is that they just don't have uh, they don't have good tabs on this. Nope. Uh, James Patterson, uh, like I said, was the owner of the Carnival Show, which was a uh, traveling carnival. And after learning from his brother Charles about the popular Embalmed Bandit exhibit, uh, the two... Uh, conducted a scheme to take possession of the body in order to feature it in Patterson's Carnival. uh, McCurdy's corpse would be featured in Patterson's uh, Traveling Carnival as the outlaw who would never be captured alive for seven years until 1922 when Patterson sold his operation to Louis Sani. Um, The founder of Dasani, right? The water? Of LaCroix. Oh. No, I have no idea who the fuck this. These are all just like scumbags. Yeah, you know that, just like s- buying and selling dead bodies. <laughs> like it's not fucking okay. Uh, and, like, it's not like great guys. It's just fucked up too because it's like I don't know. It's it's a fine line between like um like taking Cruelness. somebody taking somebody with like with like horrible disfigurement and being like everybody check out the ass face boy look at him over here oh he shits out of his mouth come over here look at him and you're like okay that's like a real person who's like. Who who feels you like making fun of them? At least You're this, so 2019. No, man. at least no. I'm just saying. At least this guy's dead. You know, like <laughs> Lobster Boys. It's like I wish I had people, normal hands. Yeah, he's like he's like I just like that people want to come up to me and I have human interaction and then like I just wanted to play the piano. Yeah, <laughs> all I play is two keys, four keys. He can play four keys. Four keys. So. But yeah, he's he just he's it's a dead guy, so I guess that's a little <laughs> bit better. But still, fuck man, that sucks. And he was a criminal too, I guess. So whatever. Yeah. Um, Louis Sani used McCurdy's corpse in his traveling museum of crime show, which featured wax replicas of famous outlaws such as Bill Doolin and Jesse James. McCurdy was also used by him in a sideshow to promote a new film director uh, directed by director Dwayne Esper. And the film was called Narcotic. So it, this, Man, the second the, you said Dwayne, talking about films, I got real excited. Not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I know he's probably going to be directing some piece of shit soon. But whoa, I just mean Skyscraper Three. <laughs> I never saw the movie, but somebody was like, I was listening to the talk. They're like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a leg in the movie, and I was like, yeah. why did they write that in? <laughs> just like to show a, a level of difficulty and how much of a badass he is to overcome his quote-unquote disability i haven't seen the movie but i haven't either if there's no part in the movie where he takes off his leg for somebody to grab onto it or something like that Uh, he he has to yeah he has to right Uh, yeah 
Everything, there's so much wrong the about selling that. point is the skyscraper he can have both legs and the thing that's crazy is in the promo he's like jumping from a crane to the building i'm like how'd you get on the crane dog i'm like i don't know i don't i've never seen <laughs> well, yeah. well my thing is i've never seen like somebody with like a fake leg run run crane, on a, run on a crane. crane speed to jump onto a building <laughs> so that was like what the fuck he must have had a good leg yeah. but mccurdy so he used them in this new movie by Dwayne Esper, and it was called Narcotic. Um, but this was kind of fucked up what they did to him, what they did to old McCurdy. Uh, the corpse was placed in the lobby of theaters as a quote-unquote dead dope fiend um, who, who Esper claimed had killed himself while surrounded by police after he had robbed a drugstore to support his habit. Uh, by the time Esper acquired uh, McCurdy's body, it had become mummified. The skin had become hard and shriveled, causing the body to shrink to the size of a child's body. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> so, so he was like really fucking tiny at this point. So oh I guess like God, all, he's just a little guy. Yeah, he just all of his skin shriveled and he became like really tiny or something. Like, oh a, my God. maybe that's what happens to shrunken heads. But like he became like tinier. And Esper claimed, the director, Esper, claimed that the skin's deterioration was proof of the supposed dope fiend's drug abuse. Yeah. So this guy's, this guy's like, I'm an outlaw. I had a standoff with three sheriffs, and I, I robbed some banks. And they're like, you're, a, you're on heroin, you fucking tiny little guy. Look at this tiny guy. And you're just like. Must have taken half a vat of heroin to get this guy subdued. It's crazy how his reputation was already not good. Yeah. And they made it worse. Yeah. I mean, which one's worse, really? To, I guess being a, I don't know. I'll take neither. You gotta have one. You're a little mummy. You have to have one. Between what, being a dope fiend and a, and what? And being the worst bank robber in history. If I say dope fiend. You look dumber when you're a shitty bank robber. If you're just a dope fiend, you're just like, fuck it, I made the choice to be a dope fiend. Am I a good bank robber with a dope? addiction if you're a bank robber you don't have a dope problem you're just a bad bank robber if you have a dope problem you've never robbed a bank you're just a dope guy i'd rather be a shitty bank robber i think yeah i, I don't do. know me too but hey i'm no little mummy so that's not up for me to that's decide what you think you old gremlin <laughs> your dog's a fucking gremlin yeah dude. he is Proud so so when louis sonny died oh he died lacroix no lacroix <laughs> Um, when Louis Sani died, the body was placed in storage in L.A., <sighs> baby. Let's go find this little guy. Dude, he was so close. He was so close. Somewhere we weren't here when he was here because... Oh, it, he's gone now? Yeah, it, it made an appearance in 1967's movie She Freak with um, with Louis' son's permission. So they put him in a movie called She Freak. I don't know. I don't want to know what the fuck they did with that tiny mummy in a movie called She Freak. She a freak. Okay, I know I said I wasn't going to Google anything, but now I want to see. Now you want to see what she freak is. Yeah, but um, as well as showing up, so he was in the movie She Freak, and he also showed up in a Mount Rushmore exhibit where, like, his the tip of his nose and like his ears and some fingers fell off because just snapped right off. Because I guess the winds were too high over at Mount Rushmore, and so he just kind of got fucked up. But he was also in the Hollywood Wax Museum. Boy, so he was like pretty close, like. He's getting all over the place. It's weird to think that that this guy, uh, McCurdy, was literally miles from my house right now at one point. Yeah, from where we're recording from. He was somewhere around here. He was. So, did you find She Freak? I did. 
What what's, what do you tell me? Yeah, she's, she's got one side of her face isn't too bad. Well, what's the, what's the synopsis of the movie? Um, like, pretty lady fucks mommy? Um, big time. <laughs> pretty lady. Big time. Um, she must be a freak. God, you, you're not giving me anything over here. Um, yeah, so she, uh, she was a, uh, Claire Brennan stars as a waitress who leaves the greasy diner business for the excitement of the carnival. She oh. quickly discovers that she despises freaks and human oddities. Oh, no. Why would the fuck would you be like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to join a carnival. By the way, I hate carnivals. Yeah. Like, all a carnival was back then was, like, literally staring at something weird. Like, they had maybe one Ferris wheel. They didn't have, like... Yeah. I don't know. That's stupid yeah I'm look, and there's, there's sounds like a sounds like an alien bitch to me there's one user review and it's i'm not gonna read all of it but <laughs> oh wow it was actually published on my 13th birthday and wait you weren't born in 67 no but this review was posted <laughs> on my 13th birthday what? and uh <laughs> and i'm not gonna read the review i'm just gonna say that the title is one word and it just says crap okay <laughs> <laughs> we gotta figure that out yeah She's like, the only good part was McCurdy. Okay, I want to read the first sentence. Oh, God. Sorry. Complete total crap. <laughs> totally awful. <laughs> I would rather ingest my own excrement than no, sit through this again. Yes, it does. Oh. <laughs> Refines the meaning of a of the word bad. <laughs> okay, I love, I love how they don't give any details about what was bad about the movie. Yeah. They're just like, it fucking sucked. Yeah. So bad. So... Like I said, he was brought to Mount Rushmore where, like, his nose and ears and some fingers fell off because of the wind being Just too snapped strong. snapped off. And then, well, b- before he went to, to Mount Rushmore, he was at the Hollywood Wax Museum. But he lent, the, he lent the mummy out, and the mummy came back, and the guy who ran the Hollywood Wax Museum thought that he was too gruesome to stay in the Wax Museum because it – he he lost his fingers and nose and ears and because um, the kids were walking away with souvenirs. Stuff. Yeah, so there's like he's too gross. So McCurdy eventually ended up uh, at the Pike, an amusement zone in Long Beach, California. Okay, so it's still pretty close by. Um, on December eighth, nineteen seventy six, this is where it's the whole case is cracked open. Okay. But on December eighth of nineteen seventy six, the production crew of the television show. The Six Million Dollar Man yeah. were, fi- were filming scenes for Carnival of Spies episode huh. at the Pike. So you, do, you, do you know that show, Six uh, Million Dollar yeah. Man? Steve Austin? Yeah, yeah. Not Stone Cold Steve Austin, no. but Steve Austin. That's how yeah. I remember the name. Yeah. So I never actually watched the show, but I just know what I know from my 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. yeah. I think his name's the boss's name's like Oscar. Remember the scene from 40-year-old virgin? He's like, do you have the Six Million Dollar Man's boss? And he's like... <laughs> That's Oscar Blyville. He's like, that's worth a lot of money. <laughs> so, all the weird action figures he has. Yeah. yeah, it's just like pointless. So that it was kind of like a, a very 70s show. But during the shoot, <laughs> a prop man moved what he thought to be a wax mannequin that was hanging from a gallows. <laughs> when the mannequin's arm broke off, a human bone and muscle tissue were visible. And that a couple was cockroaches came out. Good old McCurdy. So he snapped off McCurdy's Krusty arm. Krusty McCurdy. So the police ended up taking the body and performing many forensic tests on it, um, along with checking historical records to find out what era the body was from. A couple of things they've actually found were that um, arsenic was used on the body, which was like a very 20s thing to um, 
to to do to bodies for embalming. They also found TB in his lungs, tuberculosis in his lungs, as well as bunions and scars um, on his body that were actually documented, as they found out later. Um, And a bullet casing found uh, for a gas check bullet, uh, which were used between the years of 1905 and 1940. Um, So they were like, oh, okay, we we know that he's from like the early 1900s. And uh, when removing the lower jaw to check dental records, they found a 1924 penny um, as well as tickets to the previous sideshows pike sideshow and louis sani's museum of crime in his mouth so kids were just stuffing shit in his mouth i think so that's kind of f- fucked up so the, funny. i think they like threw like a penny in his mouth a wishing mouth they put <laughs> make a wish honey <laughs> so he's like if you pour whiskey in his mouth i heard he comes to life and dances around you and nails your hand to a board he does you, a little jig for you like oh pour whiskey in his mouth he'll blow up the whole building with nitroglycerin so um so they found like these these ticket stubs in his mouth and the penny. I don't think the penny helped as much, but they're like, oh, okay, it's a 1920s penny. So he was probably close to that time. Maybe like a 40s kid shoved a 20s penny in his mouth. Yeah, you could sell, maybe sell that these days for some money. Exactly. I was like, damn, that's actually a collector. He's a little piggy bank, little yeah. piggy bank, little Le- boy. Yeah, oh, piggy bank. <laughs> so, so, um, but the cops went and contacted the sideshows uh, of the tickets that they found, and they proved to be very fruitful as they were a- able to identify the mummy as Elmer McCurdy because they actually had like some records. I mean, it seems like the the wax museum and the pike kind of got like um, they just got them like out of a storage unit, and they're just like, oh, I don't know where this guy's from, but yeah. so they had a little bit more uh, records on him. And on April 22nd, 1977, a funeral possession, uh, procession was conducted to transport McCurdy to the Boot Hill section of the Summit View Cemetery in Guthrie, Oklahoma. A gravesite service attended by approximately 300 people was conducted after which McCurdy was buried next to another outlaw, Bill Doolin. He was mentioned in the crime... Uh, in the crime uh, museum. Remember, oh, like, okay, they had yeah. wax figures of Bill yeah, Dillon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they put this guy next to, like, a good bank robber. Yeah. Which is, like, the ultimate compliment. Yeah. So they put him next to Bill Doolin, and to ensure that McCurdy's body would never be stolen, two feet of concrete was poured over the casket. And that's the end oh, man. of Elmer McCurdy. It's it's so crazy to it's, think that like yeah it's hilarious he, he's so much more famous in death and he was like he accomplished a so much failure more failure in, in life it's like weekend at Bernie's in this bitch just moving him around yeah I feel bad saying that he's a failure in life but like it's so true like his success is like so much more prevalent when he's dead yeah than he was let's just say this he made so much more money while dead maybe not for him yeah but he made money because of him yeah. While he was dead, then he was alive. It's like Lance Bass's career hasn't even started yet. Wait until he's dead. <laughs> Lance, Lance Bass. Yeah. I mean, the Backstreet Boys got a resurgence. They, they just had that uh, commercial with uh, Chance the Rapper. Yeah. They, they did Doritos one with them. Why are all the Super Bowl commercials leaking so soon? Is that Was that a Super Bowl one? I think it's, a Super, I think it's going to be a Super Bowl one. Probably. It's a Doritos one, so like yeah. they're saving it right now. But yeah. if, they have like a, if they have like a date on it, they're like, you know... Two two ten like yeah like, okay yeah we know when it's coming out but yeah so that's Elmer McCurdy he uh, 
he was a hand nailing nitroglycerin uh blowing up whiskey chugging outlaw bad outlaw who bad, bad outlaw who became tinier and more mummified <laughs> i keep forgetting that he was tiny he's a tiny guy Oh, that was so probably good. the one thing that threw off the cops. Were like, "This is not Alan McCurdy. He's four foot five. And they're like, like, "No, that's him." And they're like, mm, "I don't know." They're like, "Why the fuck is there a wax, a wax like child being hung from the ceiling right now in the gallows?" Hanged. That's right. I always <laughs> fucked that up. Holy shit! <laughs> but yeah, it is kind of crazy to think that like you walk into like this fun house and they're like, "Oh, they hanged a child." <laughs> but but the thing is, like, they also thought he was like a a, a mummy mannequin. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. There imagine like he oh, by the end of his life too, when they when they weighed the uh I didn't write this in there, but when they weighed him, how much do you think he weighed? Forty six pounds. Fifty pounds. Oh, yeah. God, I was getting so, so he's close. a little fifty pound mummy. Which yeah. is kind of interesting because I did not even think that he would Oh, you hollow out. You're like a leaf baby. But doesn't like the human I mean, Jerry Maguire's human head weighs eight pounds, but like what is a human head with no brain or anything in it weigh? Like how much does a skull weigh? Like probably like three to four, right? Maybe five a skull? pounds. Skull? No, yeah. dude. Bones are not that heavy. I guess you could pick up a skull. I haven't picked up a real human skull. I picked up a real human brain once. I pick up skulls all the time. <laughs> I have to pick up all the skulls if I want to put a pool well, no, in my, my backyard. No, my roommate took uh, a um, skull. Well, yeah, no. She had a uh, a box full of human bones because she was in... Um, so she was in anatomy. Yeah, she was in anatomy. And uh, she brought home this box of bones. And then my dog took a... a Shit. To- he took it? a toy bone and put it in the box. No. Well, at <laughs> least he didn't take a real bone. And no, it was really that. funny. But he was he was very confused by the, the real bones. But yeah, no, we had I think we had a skull in there. When I was in anatomy in high school, I was given a like a big – it looked like a big cookie jar, mm-hmm. a big clear cookie jar. And it was a real human brain in formaldehyde in Jesus. this jar. And we passed it around. And the it was glass, so I'm like, fuck, this is like so nerve wracking. There's like a fucking if you drop this, it's a human brain in there, like it's fucked. Oh, I but, bet it would like just like fall into pieces too, dude. Okay, that's the thing. The brain was like I think over because they do not give high schools anymore um, organs. They, well, I think organs, but they don't let them have um, skeletons anymore because used to like medical schools and and high schools and colleges yeah. they used to be able to get skeletons like real skeletons yeah. from I mean H H Holmes the oh, yeah. notorious he, he serial killer sold tons of them. yeah he would he would make uh, skeletons sell them to the university he as, would like, make society. skeletons <laughs> he would <laughs> kill people and skin them he would be well well I think a skeleton is when the bones are all put together because he could just sell the yeah, bones yeah, yeah. Yeah. but he actually put them together and he sold them to universities as like a side hustle you yeah. know. I think Making Skeletons was the first podcast. I'm You could quote me on that. <laughs> Making Skeletons was the first podcast? It was the first side hustle. You know, you got a little side hustle. Oh, I see on. what you're saying there. <laughs> you're like so confused. What? I was but, like, no, we talked about but, way different things. <laughs> so, but what I was going to say is when they when they handed me the brain, they said, do not move the glass jar a lot because if you do, literally – cells from the brain are like falling off They're when you divide move it. And, and shit they didn't divide they just well, I mean, fall like, off fall apart yeah yeah they'll fall off so like if i shook that brain it would literally become a smoothie oh yeah that's so gross to it say, wouldn't but, taste good but yeah eh, that's i yeah, feel like that's I, you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder taste yeah. is in the eye of the mouth i wasn't allowed to take uh take that <laughs> class because of the the incident um the scalpel incident no no it was a different one the rat incident uh, a different one 
the frog incident? Oh, no, no, no. I forgot about that one. How many things did you have sex with? Um, okay, so my story is... <laughs> Wait, so I just want to wrap this up. <laughs> Elmer McCurdy, you may not have been a good outlaw, but you were a good drinker and a good story. All right, so I'm going to start on my story here. And uh, it takes place um, kind of similar to what yours was. You said Maine. Maine, Bangor. Mine is... Spain. Ha. Oh, Bangor, Spain? No, no, no. Uh, Belmez, Spain. Belmez. I've never been there. I have not either. I've been to every Spain town except for that one. Yeah, that's the only one I haven't been to either. <laughs> every Spain town. Every Spain. <laughs> um, so in 1971, a woman named Maria Gomez Pereira? I, I feel oh, like I fucked Perrier that up. fame? Yes. So we got I'm pretty Des- sure that was French. Des- Dasani but... and Perrier and LaCroix. <laughs> and LaCroix. Um, so yeah, Maria started to notice something unusual about her kitchen floor. Something so unusual that it ended up on this worldly famous podcast. Is it this one? <laughs> yeah, she found one of our stickers on her floor. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maria would notice a stain that was developing on her kitchen floor. Ew. Which, you know, at first it's kind of like, oh, that's weird. But this was no usual stain. Usually the news doesn't pick up my stains on my floor. Well, I actually have, you know, I wrote right here. I said, I know Tobin and I know our fair fair (laughs) deal about stains. (laughs) Um, But this one was not unusual by its size or color, but by the image that it formed. (gasps) Jesus Cristo? Nope. The stain would over time start to resemble nothing else but a face. Of Jesus Cristo? Just a face. Just like a real creepy demonish face. Ooh. Yeah. Sure, that's creepy. Um, but but what's worse is that Maria said that the stain would eventually start moving. What the fuck? Yeah. Terrified, Maria attempted to scrub the stain off of the kitchen floor. You don't do that. You move. That's what you yeah. do. Obviously. Um, but unfortunately for me, you... Um, Everybody, demons are usually not defeated by a rag and soapy water. You need bleach. Bleach? No, no. She bleach scrubbed. Bleach the demon. She scrubbed, she scrubbed, she scrubbed, but uh, Maria would end up giving up on that plan. So she went to her husband named Juan and her son named Miguel. Um, and the boys decided the best way to take this demon out was to grab the trusty old pickaxe and just go to town ripping out the whole kitchen floor. That that was my first thing I was going to say, but I was also saying maybe you should stain over that stain. No one ever th- – that's yeah. easier. You could have tried that before ripping up the entire floor <laughs> because once you know they took out the section with the stain, but they're just like, oh, this is fun, Dad. This is the best bonding we've had in years. Just, you know, father-son bonding, so they did the whole kitchen. Demons usually do bring the family together, I have to say. They do. So. Or And then they tear them apart physically. <laughs> <laughs> Not from each other, but from their limbs. Oh, okay. Um, from the inside out. They, ex- yeah. they explode. So things were good. You know, they, they did a whole new uh, floor. They poured concrete and stuff. They filled it all out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, seemed like the face was, go- you know, gone. But uh, a week later... The stain would return, bearing the same fucking face. Okay, you might got you might have bad pipes. Bad That's pipes. all I'm saying. Bad pipes. Talk about consistent pipes. So damn, what the fuck? I mean, either that shoddy craftsman work, or your house is haunted. It's the demon. It's the demon. De- your floors got demons in them. Fuck the cockroaches, bitch! You got demons. 
<laughs> they, like, they're like, we hired an Italian. <laughs> we hired Flew him all the way. Like, bitch, you got a fucked up demon house. <laughs> That's what you got. I tell you, you right get now. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. I see my fair share of cannolis, and this ain't fucking one of them. I'm not going back in that fucking kitchen. <laughs> All right. I think we tapped out on the F-bombs there. Fucking. Um, <laughs> fucking floor. Fuck this floor. That's fucking Frankie from Italy. Fucking Frankie. It's a new character. Fucking Frankie from <laughs> fucking Italy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, living in a small town, uh, the I, word I like, spread. By the way, I like how I was like, oh, they get an Italian guy from like New York. I'm like... Italy's so fucking close. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> America makes Italians. <laughs> like, fucking. But we did give him like a Italian. We did give him a kind of a New York. Speaks English. Yeah. Like it was a New Yorker Italian. Exactly. I mean, yeah. like if I want to do like Italian, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> Yeah. 
being decent people, they took the skeletons and they laid them to rest at a Catholic cemetery. Hopefully, they were all Catholic. <laughs> yeah, but they, that's kind of presumptuous. <laughs> yeah, but hey, it's a it's a good gesture. Um, but before they uh, reburied the bodies, they were tested and they were believed to have been seven hundred years old. What? Yeah. Why are they buried? Oh. Oh my god, this whole time I'm picturing like a second floor of an apartment. I was about to say, why were they buried inside their house? They're in Steve's living room. <laughs> no, I was picturing like uh, a second story apartment and they were like in the floor between the first the story. Floorboards? <laughs> yeah. No, dude, they're 10 feet <laughs> under concrete. God. I don't know why I pictured that. I'm oh, so man. stupid. So the kitchen was uh, refilled with concrete and the new floor was finished so that, you know, Maria and her family could move on and resume their lives as they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like that, the bizarre event would be done. Or at least that's what Maria and the townsfolk believed. There's There has to be more bony boys down there, right? It's probably a couple 700 more. years old? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So a few weeks pass and things seem to be normal until... Sure enough, another face appears on the new floor. But this one was different from the original. There are oh. photos of all these, by the way. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Things would be very different the second time around for these faces. Instead of just one singular face from before, there would be multiple faces all over the place. I was going to say, I love, I'm just thinking about this right now. I love how the fact that there's like, oh, there's dead people buried beneath our house. We should remove the dead people to get rid of the demons. It's like, yeah. no, they don't want to be moved. They want you to move your house, you dick. Yeah. And uh, so they had multiple faces. So like one time there'd be one, you know, next to the sink. And then one, I don't know, next to the table. Awesome. Yeah. And Spanish. then they could like switch or like be in different spots. Oh, shit. Like they sometimes, one, yeah, sometimes one would be like somewhere else and then come back. What the fuck? And they would move around. They, they'd regenerate um, over the course of just a few hours. Like they just kind of fade in it's and fade away. wild. Yeah. And, uh, and the faces would also change from men, women, and children. So, like. And, like, mummies? No. They were just, like, straight up faces. <laughs> well, no, I meant, like. Men, women, and, and small mummies. And little mummy bleed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was a large variety of different faces. And like that, the attempts that they had to make things better only made things much, much worse. I could have told you that. Yeah. Soon, the small town mystery would reach the ears of people far and wide, making its way to Germany, where the renowned paranormal investigator, Dr. Hans I knew his Bender. name was going to be fucking Hans. Yeah. I knew it. I mean, that's a safe bet. Um, so, Dr. Hans Bender would catch interest. Dr. Bender would call the faces the most important case of the century for mm. paranormal shit. Okay. Well, what about the only case of the century yeah. for Hans? Well, I mean, this is this is still regarded as, like, one of, like, the biggest, like... Proofs Unex- of unexplained yeah. paranormal Because multiple people have seen it. Proved, and like, yeah, exactly. And there's photos and shit. Um, and they fucking found bodies under there, so that's yeah, one thing. It's like, okay, it's not just like a fucking water pipe. Yeah. So people such as like students, researchers, people of different faiths, skeptics, and you know, police, like many people from all walks of life would come over um, all, from all over the world, Hunting down and ringing the doorbell of Maria and her family to get a look at the faces for themselves. So that's you really... You should start charging a nickel. It's very fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, eventually, a full-scale investigation was launched, taking samples of the concrete to test the concrete, like, you know, the stain. Yeah. So the ICV, which is an institute of ceramics and glass. Is a school? Okay. Yeah. The ICV, it, it translates, that's in Spanish. Okay, okay, okay. But it translates into the Institute of Ceramics and Glass. Okay. Um, they would test the stain and rule out any traces of pigment, dyes, or paint, ruling out any chance that it was her painting it, and it's like a hoax. Regular old concrete. Yeah. There was no paint involved or anything. Jeez. Not knowing what to do, it was decided that building that it, it was decided that the building itself should just be sealed up and restrict any from anybody from entering or viewing the room. So they're just like, we're just gonna like box all this shit off. You know what the interesting thing is so far though? It's just what? like kind of annoying that they're just like faces. They haven't like Yeah, no one's getting hurt. Exactly. It's, it's like, just creepy. It's really fucking weird. They like looking up skirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're just like, hey, I like your feet. They got feet fetish. Yeah. No, oh, no, take the sandals off, honey. Ooh, let me see that big toe. Let me see that big toe. Put it over here. Put it over here. I'm over by the sink now. Come over here. Come wash the dishes, Maria. Put your bunion on my forehead. So, three months um, of the kitchen being sealed away, a German television crew got permission to do a little check, you know? Yeah. And as long as they kept some local dignitaries with them and, you know, officials, they could go in and look. When the crew and the others unsealed the kitchen, they discovered the faces had not only moved, but evolved into something much more terrifying. What? There were what? many more faces oh, with, fuck. like, a lot more definition, like, characteristics, and, like, they started developing bodies, like, shoulders, necks, and, like, almost, like, scenes were being built around it. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, many people would blame Maria of making the faces an elaborate hoax using a cocktail of chemicals to produce the image through a process called thotograph. Thotograph? Yeah, it's basically like a chemical kind of like burn, I think. Thotograph? Yeah. Huh. It's, it, but um, that would be ruled out in 2004 when Maria passed away at the age of 85. And the faces have continued to move and appear to this day. They thought she was going into like a boarded up house and still continuing to like do this thing. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know about that. But so that's that's the thing that fucked me up was that, you know, I got to the end of this article I was reading and stuff. I was like reading a couple different sources and I'm just like, okay, so they said they're still moving in 2004. Like, what else? And I kept looking and I guess it's just still happening. They're just like not, they're like, don't go they're in just, it. Yeah, they're just like, they're just keeping it off off the table but yeah it's it's still going is the government like hey uh we'll we'll get you a new apartment or there's like this on your own dime you know they didn't say anything about that Maybe i'm sure people helped out yeah i'm sure someone helped them out to move but like it's kind of just like well shit can you still take tours of the house you think i don't think so damn that would be such a good like tourism thing i know i'm saying if they went in 2004 and it was all fucked up i want to see 2019 they haven't gone. I mean, people have probably gone back in, but nobody's probably like reporting to it on a grand scale. They're probably like yeah. taking notes or something. But yeah, I couldn't find anything that was you know within ten years. I mean, why didn't they just like tear down the house and then excavate the rest of the land and see what other like? There has to be more than that three money. Yeah, I know, but like if yeah, I guess you're right. But still, like, wouldn't they want to see for like you? You don't think like an archaeological team could like 
get a petition to be like, no one's living in the house. Let's tear it down. There seems to be some kind of activity going on there. Well, you want to release all the demons? I guess you're right. I guess don't dig them up, but like maybe put the bodies back then and then tear down the house and then make it into a... mm, Dairy Queen? Yeah, probably. Spain could use a new Dairy Queen, I bet. Just get some blizzards. They have a lot of Dairy Queens already. Do they? Yeah. I didn't see a single Dairy Queen in Spain when I was there. It goes Spain and then America for number of Dairy Queens per Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I learned mm-hmm. something new. Really interesting. I hope you listeners can take that knowledge and quote Alex Tobin on that and spread the knowledge. Yeah, just like mention it to your Spanish friend. Put it in your really thesis paper. Right. Yeah. Just trust us. You can cite us. Episode 25? Fuck. Six? I think it's five. Five? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. five, I think. We're in our quarter-life crisis. We are. Damn. Yeesh. What, what happens from here? I don't know. It's all downhill. Stop. Uh, somebody told me. It didn't really go up. I uh, <laughs> I told somebody at work the other day, they're like, how old are you? I was like, 26. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you stopped you stopped generating stem cells last year. I was like, what the fuck? Are you going <laughs> to harvest my stem cells? Oh, damn. I guess I'll leave you alone. Yeah, I'm like, thank you. Like, you're not going to kill me now? So... Done talking to you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of our episode. Episode yeah. number 25. I think so. I think it's 25. You just lose count. Yeah, we really do. But After your first born, you just stop losing count. Let's see what it says. Uh, this is, uh, 20. It hey, you guys know automatically because we yeah. posted this already. We'll put the number so, with it. Oh, shit, this is 24. Really? You fuckhead. I thought it was 25. No, it's 24. Uh, jumping anyway. up. Well, you thought it was 26, so you're Sorry, way you guys. Off. So, yeah. So, uh, next next week will be our uh, quarter life crisis. But yep. thank you guys for tuning in. We always love uh, telling you some strange, weird stories. Oh, yeah. Strange, wacky, weird, strange, weird, spooky, weird. Yeah. I ran out of adjectives. Yeah. But, it's easy. but uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Um, for any hyperlinks or anything like that, go to campstrange.com. Yeah, check out the merch store. Merch, Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. Just check us out on Instagram. Fuck Twitter and Facebook. Honestly. Just check us out. Yeah, I don't use them. I really don't. Hey, I'm why not... don't you come on over here and check us out? <laughs> huh? Why don't you bring your mother? Come check us out. But um, if you can rate, review, subscribe, that would be really cool. We we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, it would help us to catapult to the stratosphere. And then we'll keep making episodes. Yeah, we'll keep <laughs> making stuff for you guys uh, if you like it. So, uh... Yeah, so that's that's cool. That's cool. Anything else you, you have anything you know, to say? Rate, dude? review, subscribe. We said that, dude. Well, you can never say it too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check us out. Instagram. We'll post all the pictures from. We'll post those spooky faces. For that's what you. I was looking at right now. That's why I didn't hear you say that because I was looking them up. Real oh, quick. okay. Oh, yeah. God, they are creepy. So we'll, we'll we'll post them on there, and you, you guys will see them and and get scared with us. So uh, yeah, um, cool. Well, that's it. Uh, Much love. Stay spooky. Stay weird. Stay wacky. And don't forget to stay strange.